Hello, and welcome to Packaging Perspectives, a BNP Media podcast. I'm Kristen Joker, editor of Packaging Strategies, and today our guest is Ben Shore of Minusworks, a manufacturing and technology company that is bringing sustainability to the cold chain industry. Thanks for being here, Ben. Can you tell us about yourself and why you started Minusworks? Thanks for having me, Kristen. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a, a fan of the podcast, so this is a, a pleasure to do this with you. Um, so my name is Ben Shore. I'm the founder um, and CEO of Minusworks. Minusworks is a manufacturing and technology company focused on the cold chain, um, which, as I'm sure your listeners know, is the subset of the logistics industry that deals in shipping and storing um, perishables or temperature sensitive items. <clears throat> so we actually, uh, the founding team here came from aerospace and um, we were working in aerospace materials, um, specifically composites. So uh, those are actually uh, materials that have to be stored and shipped cold. Most of it is uh, thermoset in nature, so it's a heat catalyzed. So we had a little exposure to the cold chain. Um, but more than that, it was uh, really about seeing an opportunity for sustainability uh, and the fact that the, uh, we think the consumers and, and the market is demanding more sustainability from packaging and the fact that uh, we had some of the, we, we believe we have a material science lens or toolkit to apply to those sustainability challenges um, with, uh, with some of the products we've developed and are developing. Can you explain the difference between biodegradable and readily biodegradable? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll even, uh, I'll give you an example with one of our products, which is a uh, sustainable cold, uh, cold pack. Um, so uh, a refrigerant that you, that's used to keep perishables cold um, or refrigerated. Uh, so biodegradability is, is kind of this broad term and it's, um, it's bandied about quite a lot, and um, uh, unfortunately, um, it can be um, a little misleading sometimes in marketing. But biodegradability, you know, generally just means uh, a material that, uh, uh, or the quality of a material, um, as it relates to being broken down by microbes, right? So, um, <clears throat> we we think of biodegradability. Um, if you're using that term, uh, you should um, try and assign a timeline to it because that's really the most important part of something biodegrading. Um, you know, plastics, uh, I, you could say, technically are biodegradable over a long enough timeline if you have a couple of thousand years to, to wait around, right? So uh, the, the timeline is very important, and there are some standards uh, and tests that uh, will assign a timeline to a given material. So we use a, um, a, a test here called OECD301B, and it's a pretty common test in the, for liquids anyway, the industry, it seems like it's, it's gonna be the standard. Um, ISO and ASTM also have tests, but it seems like they're, uh, the industry's aligning um, for liquids anyway around OECD301B. And this test, <clears throat> looks at um, a material in an aerobic environment, so there's oxygen present, and the test is whether that material will break down, uh, and by breakdown, it's a majority of it broken down, 60, 70% within a 28-day period, and that 
60 to 70% has to happen within a 10 day window within that 28 day period. And if you think about it, it's pretty fast, right? It's, you know, for a, for a material to be broken down that fast, but that's actually very important um, when it comes to landfill. And so if you pass OECD 301B, your material can be qualified as readily biodegradable. <clears throat> and so in our industry, when, and we're talking about um, gel pack specifically now, if you can't biodegrade quickly, chances are you're going to add to the landfill problem because landfill is a very challenging environment to biodegrade. Uh, because of the compaction, there's virtually no oxygen. Um, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but there are stories of newspapers being dug up from 50 years ago in the landfill and the front page being perfectly legible, right? That's just how landfill preserves things. So clearly not a lot of microbial breakdown going on. Um, we have a gel pack. We have a refrigerant gel that we've gotten certified readily biodegradable. So it's passed the OECD 301B test. Um, we actually had 100% biodegradation biodegradation within the 28-day period, uh, and we have a, a provisional patent filed for that material. But we believe that's really where the industry needs to be um, in order to, um, you know, to uh, kind of start to fix some of the landfill issues we've seen. Is there a difference between recyclable plastic and recycled plastic? Yeah, good question. Big difference. Um, and again, I'll relate this back to a, our product, um, which is uh, the sustainable code pack. I actually have it here. So um, the kit here that we use is recycled plastic. And there's a, a difference between that and uh, virgin material, which is um, plastic that um, is, is generated for that purpose. It um, has not been recycled. A lot of the cold packs in the industry today use, I think most of them used um, virgin material. Um, it's mostly linear low density polyethylene um, in a film. And they will put a, you know, the industry puts a number four recycle logo on that and says, good luck to the end user, which is usually the consumer in many cases. Um, the problem with that is number four plastic, um, low-density polyethylene is very hard to recycle. There's no curbside programs for it, at least not in the U.S. Uh, that I know of. Um, the, the MRFs, um, which is a, a materials recovery facilities, they don't like taking it. It's a hard material to work with. There have been some successful um, like grocery store take-back programs that can recycle this material, but overall um, the percentage of material that actually gets recycled for number four plastic is very, very low. I think the EPA says it's about 1%. And it's even lower if it's not uh, a clear film. Um, <clears throat> and there's some, some reasons behind that as well. So instead of um, you know putting a number four logo on our virgin material and saying good luck, um, we've tried to take a more practical approach, which is using already recycled uh, polyethylene uh, in, our, uh, in our gel packs and then you know, thus kind of feeling good about that we're not creating demand for virgin material and maybe creating demand for recycled material, um, which ideally soon can create more of a uh, circular economy for uh, low density polyethylene and, um, and a more re robust recycling process, excuse me. <clears throat> 
What advances will the next generation of cold chain applications offer? So we believe a lot of the waste um, and inefficiency challenges in the cold chain can be solved with data, um, particularly around um, temperature monitoring. So one of the biggest sources of waste, obviously, for cold chain is when there's a breach in, um, in the specified temperature for a, uh, a given payload. Um, just think about vaccines or, um, or, or even, you know, produce. If it's uh, exposed to higher temperatures, um, you know, it can be pretty dangerous, um, not just in terms of the, the financial impact, but also, you know, the, um, there's a health and human impact as well. Um, so we believe that better monitoring, better data, um, organization of that data, tracking more data points, that'll all help with the future of the cold chain. Um, we actually have a product um, that's an RFID-enabled temperature sensor in the form factor of a shipping label. This is, this is one of them. You can see it's two-dimensional, but there is a sensor and a power source in there and an RFID tag uh, that will allow um, you to, to take a reader to it and get temperature, uh, historical temperature data of whatever item you're tracking. So it can be stuck on the side of a box or a shipment, and then when it gets to its destination, it can be read, and um, that data will be pushed to the cloud, and you can see the history of, uh, of, that, um, of that shipment, that transit. Um, <clears throat> and there are um, solutions like this, but we believe the, um, the, the actual shipping label form factor is also a nice sustainability story as well. Um, we're using 99% less plastic than a typical USB, um, you know, USB stick temperature logger. Um, or some of the bulkier ones that you see with uh, with probes. Um, so I think you know solutions like that, where you're reimagining um, a form factor, or not just getting, you know, not going to the, back to the old ways, where there's some um, where there's a new innovation. So we think that's an exciting product. And you know, in the case of data, we want more, and um, obviously with uh, waste, we want less. So this product, I think, can enable both of those things. What type of materials work best for hot food delivery? Yeah, interesting. So just as we use um, cold packs and um, for the cold chain and keeping foods at frozen or refrigerated temperatures, um, we also have a solution for keeping uh, foods or, um, or, or payloads at, at uh, higher temperatures. And it has to do with um, selecting the right phase change materials for that job. So uh, ice or, or um, cold packs, gel packs, this is chiefly reliant on phase change material technology where you are absorbing energy uh, during a phase change. So ice to, ice to water, um, solid gel pack to um, solid gel pack, you're taking energy off the board um, and, uh, and absorbing that. Um, to get the phase change completed. Uh, you can use the same technology um, with a, a different, uh, call it melt temp. And so we have a 60C product, which is about 140F. And uh, the way that you charge it up um, is actually you create, you, you get it hot enough so it's a liquid. And then when, it, when room temp acts on it and it uh, coalesces back into a solid, um, 
you know, the, re- the reverse is happening. Um, so um, it, it's actually you know, giving off heat, right? Um, so we, um, what we what we suggest for this, actually we have one here. <clears throat> it's for anyone listening, um, I'm holding up a polypropylene um, disc that looks a little bit like a Frisbee um, for those uh, seeing this. Um, you know, you would just, you would actually put this into a microwave microwave it for two minutes and then you have a two hour phase change uh, material that's keeping um, food hot. We believe the applications for this would be like last mile restaurant delivery um, or, um, or, you know, or, or food prep that, that comes with, that comes hot, uh, pizza delivery, et cetera. That's great. Thanks so much, Ben. Where can listeners learn more about Minus Works? Yeah, so we have a website, minusworks.com. Um, we have a, another website for the temperature loggers up right now, minus-works.com. Um, and if you'd like to talk to me about any of these topics or other cold chain or face change material topics, I'd love to uh, get that conversation going. I'm Ben, B-E-N, at minusworks.com.